therapist, non-therapist, and everyone in between. My name is Ian Hammonds, and I am drunk off of curry margaritas from Nasha. Not a sponsor yet. yet. And I'm here having a drink, or several, with fellow Austin, Texas therapists, Patrick Harris and Hayden Lindsay, and our special guest who is joining us today from Singapore via Zoom. Uh, this is the most authentic way we know how to talk about therapy in a relaxed, non-judgmental environment. Pint by pint, champagne cork by champagne cork. We're obviously deprived of a pub given the current pandemic. This is not a promotion of drinking, but instead humanizing the field the best way that three or four humans can share a space. So before we dive into our amazing, amazing topic and our amazing, amazing guest, Alex. Um, spoiler alert, man. Spoiler alert. I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm so pumped to, to just talk about therapy on not only a just local level, but an international level. And so, um, but before we dive into that amazing topic let's all all four of us actually check in with each other how is everyone doing today amazing <laughs> wired up the word of the day <laughs> literally every amazing. time there's that awkward pause <laughs> well it's a bunch of dudes like uh, it takes me a little bit to access how i'm feeling mm-hmm. um yeah yeah <laughs> i'm feeling pretty i'm also calculating when uh when this is uh airing so i think i can talk about this but uh my partner and i just because uh, i haven't announced it publicly but uh, my partner and i are going uh full time as RVers, and so we were just looking at a little place outside of town to uh park our rig while we make the transition so i'm doing very well and i, I think we'll be uh doing that here in uh about a month so exciting shit just got real I can finally <laughs> confirm that his partner does indeed exist because part of me felt like it was going to be a uh, a Norman Bates situation where he just kind of shows up <laughs> with some sort of uh, corpse and a in a wig and uh, sunglasses and a t-shirt that just says Hayden inexplicably but uh she does <laughs> exist and she is a very lovely woman. I'm, I was very very impressed. Are you surprised that it was a woman? <laughs> no, I'm just surprised that she existed. She's both a woman <laughs> and exists. Can so. we ever really truly exist? Man, right. I, I was doing really good until you said that. Now my How are you doing, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Alex happy so though. <laughs> intrigued. <laughs> Welcome to this fucked up group. <laughs> I feel at home. I feel very at home. Good. Good, good, good. <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, it's Saturday for me, so I'm quite envious you guys still have your Friday night. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. I've got my Virgin Lily Mimosa ready. Um, and yeah, just kind of checking in with the boys and seeing how you guys go in. But I'm really doing good. So um, it's 7 p.m. Friday night here. What time is it there? Um, it's 9 a.m. in the morning. Wow. wow. Yeah. On Saturday. Saturday, yep. Oh. Well, good. I the love that still angle of having the, the virgin mimosa. <laughs> and then once your last client, you know, logs in or comes into, comes into the office, you're about, you're going to be like 
pull, putting the champagne in there as soon as yeah yes so I, I love that idea yes. yeah so <laughs> good. i love it so are you doing uh in person or teletherapy or both um a bit of both at the moment i do have some clients that's in the uk and the states um and locally um but then yeah most of my i mean i'm not psychotherapist right so the tactile media um makes sense to have it in person but it's not impossible to do it online it's just it's easier that way around yeah but most of my client base is in person nice yeah very cool do you have a preference uh both both yeah depends depends on um kind of like clients and like the modality that i'm using with the client um but yeah for art therapy i prefer in person um it's not impossible mm. to do it online but it just makes a little bit more sense because we've got the art therapist third hand that's basically where i help out the client um in the art creation mode process so that's easier when i'm like either next to them or close to them and like helping in that therapeutic relationship so I prefer that, but yeah, the talk base was quite a roller coaster. <laughs> Not gonna lie, it's <laughs> kind of figure out how how do one do that. Yeah. Wow, I'm I'm just so entranced right now of like just I don't know hearing someone on the complete other side of the world, Alex, is literally going through the same shit that we're going through right now. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're all in in the states. We're all kind of forced to um, get used to remote counseling, um, whether or not we wanted to. And um, yeah, now it's 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 getting a little bit safer to see people back in person. But it's just it's it's comforting to know that that someone in Singapore versus Texas is literally going through through um, virtual versus in person. Kind of that that internal battle, really. Mm. Yeah. What's the uh, the culture around COVID over there? Do you have as many COVID deniers as we do in the the great old United States, <laughs> or do people take it pretty uh, seriously? Yeah, we. I mean, as a as a as a country, Singapore is taking COVID quite seriously. Um, so we have really good regulations and, and laws in there. Um, but we're kind of in a. It's in that weird space where, because there was quite strict rules, um, they could manage the numbers quite nicely. So we kind of am living in this limbo land where we have kind of things quite similar. There's still a curfew and we're wearing masks and still some of those elements. So it's still there, it's still present. But yeah, I mean, now I just need to book a restaurant if I want to go out on a date. Or like when I see a client, I just have to do like a lot of hand sanitizing prior or after. So it's this weird limbo of we're not there yet, but we see it. But we kind of also have to wait for the world to kind of also be a part of it. So it's this weird little bubble that we find ourselves in, um, which I'm very grateful for. Um, but what I find myself talking to with other therapists and with clients even is kind of like that gratitude and guilt, right? So we have gratitude that things are going better, but guilt that, yeah, we can't either visit our own countries or, um, you know, there are other places that are really suffering. Because we're a smaller island, so it's easier to regulate versus the whole continent, right? So... Yeah, it's it's limbo. It's limbo like we all have limbo ver- different versions thereof. Wow. I mean, we're not in limbo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish we were. Yeah. That's comforting that, that other parts of the world are actually in that limbo phase. But yeah. no, Texas has a very incompetent governor and 
I, I've made some some rage posts about who, it. Who Just, is not a sponsor? Who is, <laughs> no, I do not want Governor Abbott's fair, money as we, our sponsor. We are in limbo with our conscience, right? So we're we're just pretending like people aren't dying, and we feel better about the situation. Uh, it's pretty much the the approach that Texas has taken. Hmm. So. Yeah, we we have a lot of pride. Uh, so America has a southern region that's just very very proud and doesn't really want to obey for whatever the government is trying to tell them to do. And um, we, yeah, we're we're not taking it seriously here, and it's very sad. It's sad, and it's also it's even sadder that our infrastructure is not taking it seriously either. Um, but our, our governor just basically said it's okay to walk around with no masks and it's okay to, to, to reopen businesses at full capacity and Mm. the stay at home order is no more as of what, two days ago. So, yeah. And attempting to punish local governments that still want to enforce, uh, like our orders and (laughs) yeah, like big urban sitters. This is the world that we live in. Yeah. So now (laughs) our governments don't even trust each other, which is an interesting, (laughs) That's got to be useful. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, so we're drinking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> say. That should say how we were doing. Um, but no, uh, I'm doing, as of like two margaritas ago, I'm actually doing okay. <laughs> um, uh, it was a very busy week for me. I had almost 30 people, which is a... I we get it. What, you're popular. Blah, 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 blah. I forgot what that felt like uh, until this week. And I was like, holy shit, I'm tired. So um, I was going to wake up and not do anything at all today. But uh, my car got broken into last night. <laughs> and they stole a lot of stuff. <laughs> they stole a lot of stuff. Um, they actually stole my partner's uh, identity. <laughs> so like later God. today, they... Um, they they tried opening a, an account in his name. Like they walked to like a Capital One bank and tried opening an account using his social security number. Um, and I just my anxiety has been like a ten all day. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm the one in this group, Alex. If you haven't already guessed, that there's always some kind of intensity happening to me. Always like there's never like an even keel. It's always like very very high or very low. And I'm not bipolar. <laughs> Rich, my partner is not bipolar. It's just that's that's the way it's been for like the last I don't even know how long, but yeah, that's where I'm at. That's why I'm drinking. Is that are you? Is, because you're Scorpio? I, help me under. Yeah, I mean Scorpios tend to have this. They attract very intense energy. So mm-hmm. um, I'm but, attracted to you. Am I? Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm gonna scoot away. No, I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> I'm just. Kidding. Alex, what's your sign? Is, is, oh, I'm a Leo. Definitely a Leo. Proud. Leo. Proud. Oh, proud. oh my gosh. Yeah. I've had so many Scorpios around me. So yeah. I track them. They're very... Leo and Scorpio both have very uh, magnetic energy. Um, so people tend to be like really, really like magnetized towards us, is what mm. I've noticed. So, And a lot of famous people are Leos, too. So. I do love your... Pole. My pole. You have a very magnetic pole. pole. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you tell us about Thanks, I think. That was the joke I was trying to make. I'm a pole. That's, that's a way. podcast t shirt right there. It's show your pole, and it'll have a little magnet on it. I got my mom a. Uh, <laughs> a my mom is 100% Polish, and I got her a, a pole dancer oh. shirt. I thought you were talking ago. about 
being bipolar. No, I was talking about your penis. Is was the innuendo <laughs> for pole, like magnetic pole, Darn. but also like like Polish. We'll draw you a picture. Okay, it's <laughs> a lot I'm of. I'm a meetings. visual person. I'll be yeah. fine. Okay, welcome, welcome, first welcome Alex. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing, Patrick? Uh, Alex, we run a, a very professional shop here. If you couldn't tell, uh, no, we once don't. these microphones go on, it is all business. High value that we deliver to our listeners. Yeah, they they're lucky they are getting this gold for free, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm doing, I'm doing good. I'm happy we're together. I had a very anxious day. One of those just like shitty, like inexplicable. You just have that like looming sense of doom, like following you around all day. Like try to shake it off, try to work out, try to, I even indulged in a bag of Cheetos, which is out of the norm for me, but, uh, I'm feeling better now, now that we can do this and yeah. Did did I transmit that to you? Yeah, probably because yeah. (laughs) I guess it, it did start last night. So I teach undergrad psychology at a university here in town, and I was my brain was just not working. And I I, I don't know how much of my three hour lecture was just incoherent babbling. And I know my students are too polite to be like that. It makes sense. Uh, so I, I had this bout of imposter syndrome after Hayden put it in my head. But um. yeah, I had a big uh, <laughs> imposter syndrome day uh, the other day, and I I. I shared it with our group, our little group text chat, uh, seeking some empathy mm-hmm. from some therapists. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Super hard to come by. Uh, but apparently it, there's a contagion effect of imposter syndrome. So, mm-hmm. um, We had to... I, uh, we have a group text that, that we use for podcast planning, and we had to limit Hayden's daily validation requests to uh, two validations a day. And really, that's just to keep the humility and uh, prevent uh, compassion fatigue. So, and it's, and it's Ian's uh, Bethany Frankel references. Yeah, Ian yeah. gets Ian gets four Bre- Bethany Frankel, and references. I have not made one this week. Are you <laughs> proud of me? I showed up on time today, and I haven't made one Bethany Frankel reference this whole week. So, Patrick, what's Progress. your restriction? You can only work out four times a day. What is my? I, I can only look in the mirror yeah. once per hour. I think is where we land. <laughs> Fix your hair once an hour. Okay, I like it. it's when you are this handsome and this modest. It it's a very tough life, and I don't think a lot of people really understand. I I tried to start a, a support group, but there's no one that matches me in humility and uh, handsomeness. So it was very lonely. And yeah, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me sure. more about that. What's that As like he, for you? You can't see this, but Alex was slowly closing his laptop. <laughs> Alex, hello? Hello? Well, sorry, guys. I'm Anyways. Run. Right. <laughs> We're a humble or, bunch. Or he's oh, adding champagne to the virgin mimosa. I want to see a little like, early. the pretending to freeze, but then you see somebody walk by in the background. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, oh so gosh, the topic a lot at of hand. Did that, like recording the screens for online learning, like the creativity some of these kids came up with was so yeah. cool. I was like, kudos on the creativity part, but let's maybe stay in school. But it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. I did have one that that logged on, and I thought like this kid just always messes with me to begin with. But like, did the frozen screen thing, and I was like, oh, are you frozen? 
are you are you frozen and then he came in the frame it was just the background that he had like screenshotted and was just <laughs> laughing at me for five minutes oh teens i bet we could talk about uh the, your funniest teletherapy moment but that could be a whole other episode that should be a whole episode where we it just like call fun. random therapy friends and ask them like what they're i could probably i have like four <laughs> stories come to mind but anyway all right, our topic today is exploring therapy around the world. Um, yeah, I I get tired of the, I don't know, the status quo of, an, of just what therapy is in America, and I have to realize that, I mean, the actual psychotherapy wasn't even invented, it wasn't even started in the States, but yet it's so popular here. But I always wonder, like, what's how it varies from region to region, from country to country. And um, I, I noticed, Alex, like, I knew uh, you were in South Africa, and then I saw that you were in Singapore, and I was like, that's so interesting. So two, um, do, two different parts of the, of the world, but yet, like, um, I'm just, yeah, I, I'm, I'm super excited to actually just get to get to know you, get to just understand, like, what therapy is like in both South Africa and Singapore. Um, so let's introduce our amazing guest all the way from Singapore who's zooming in. He's remote right now, but um, Mr. Alex Cohen, he's originally from South Africa and now practices in Singapore. Alex is a licensed art psychotherapist working with children, teens, and adults at Thrive Family. Well, welcome. Oh. <laughs> welcome, Alex. You've already kind of been subjected to our fuckery already. Um, <laughs> so how you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having us You're, in. Of course, with your virgin mimosas. Yes. Yes. So I always like to ask our guests, our, our therapists, to kind of come and join us. Um, what got you into psychotherapy? I'm curious. Well, I'm screwed up. I had to figure out how. <laughs> how much? It's the no, usual um, answer. Aren't we all, though? It's that and then the money. And uh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah people, people are like, oh. you know what I hate? Money. I'm going to be a therapist. That's, yeah, uh... yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I was realized um, from, a young, from a young age, um, and one of my really good friends at one point was like, oh, you should be a therapist. I was like, no, I can't listen to people's problems all day. And that kind of stuck with me, though. It was like, yeah, maybe I do want to help people. And my mom's in the medical industry as well. She's a midwife. Um, and my dad also is very caring. So that was values in the household that I kind of grew up with. Look at me, psychotherapist, going back to family of origin stuff already. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of like modeled from a young age. And um, I couldn't see myself doing something else. So yeah, got onto the bandwagon of psychology, did the undergrad thing and yeah then i discovered art psychotherapy and i do like arts and it's a personal hobby so i thought yeah why not blend the two and see what it looks like so they have family of origins in other countries yeah yeah (laughs) have you seen lion king (laughs) (laughs) tell us what what is I see. I have, I'm like zoomed it's, in on something. I, I think it, and yada yada over here. It's so cool to see people across the world using the same terms, like family oh. of origin. Where? <laughs> Funny I don't that. know why that's so cool to me. Where did you go to school? Or um, schools? 
schools, yeah. So I did my undergrad at um, the University of Pretoria, which is in South Africa, Johannesburg, um, Gauteng, actually. And then I did my honors degree um, uh, at the University of South Africa. So then after that, I did a certificate in counseling, really got into that um, certificate in play therapy, gestalt play therapy. And like, that's where the arts started coming in, sanitary wow, work okay. and those kinds of stuff. Um, and then I discovered, well, I need to kind of do my master's. And South Africa doesn't have the art therapy program yet. It is under development at the moment. So we have a couple of art psychotherapists, but they would train abroad either in the States, or in the UK, Australia, um, and then come back, um, which kind of is my route as well. But um, yeah, so kind of studied there. And then I did my master's here in Singapore at the Seoul College of the Arts, um, which is quite cool. Very nice. So you had to do a second master's to be able to practice in Singapore? Oh, yeah, maybe you should share this. Um, so in South Africa, we have a <laughs> distinction between counselor and psychologist as well, similar to you guys. But with an undergrad in psychology and an honors degree, you can register as a counselor. And then with the master's degree, you become the psychologist then. Because we have a very large population, we need to serve our community. So we can't really have people studying for seven years um, before they can mm. access services. Um, so there are there's a tier system. So counselors have a specific scope, work within that scope, and then would refer it on to psychologists if it's more clinical um, that way. So it just it's for people to to kind of access services. It's kind of the distinction between psychologists and psychotherapists in other countries. I wish America would catch up. <laughs> God. So wow. So the whole principle behind that, kind of from what I heard, is. Um, they don't need people to go to school for seven plus years. Mm. Like they need people to help the community where they're at. So they're not mm. going to be drowning in student debt by the time that they graduate. And cause that's where we're all at right now is, is all the, all the colleges, all the, the universities that have master's programs mm. um, and PhD programs, like they're extremely expensive and it takes a long, long time. To Who would do that to themselves? <laughs> Yeah, well, but it also <laughs> it also sounds like your undergraduate degree was more productive than ours because I felt like my my bachelor's in psychology was just a glorified prerequisite for the masters. Like we just kind of learned roughly about the history of psychology, Agreed. but not any actual counseling interventions or skills that didn't really mm. come into the master's program. So essentially, it was just a stepping stone to go get a master's. But it sounds like that wasn't the case, because if you can practice right after your bachelor's, did you get specialized training in counseling already? Um, so I did a couple of volunteering pieces there. So I would pick up skills, um, more of my softer skills, I would say I picked up in like volunteering work. Um, but we have a B-Psych. I didn't do the B-Psych route. I did another um, certification course. Um, so we also have a B-Psych equivalent in our honors degree. That's where you have about six months internship. Um, where we actually apply a lot of the CBT-based um, approaches, short-term solution-focused kind of um, pieces of work. Um, so that wasn't really my interest. I went to kind of more into like the creative space, play therapy though. So I did additional courses on top of my, but yeah, the undergrad was quite focused on like, who was Daddy Freud and what did he do? Um, <laughs> and <laughs> Like kind of all that kind of stuff. But what I really appreciated, and that's probably why I also came to Singapore, was we had, uh, well, this is what happened in the world in psychotherapy and psychology, but this is also what it looks like in South Africa. 
Um, so we have local authors writing about um, pathology, we have got local authors writing about development, um, and it's very culturally sensitive, which I really appreciated. And then a lot of our training is systems-based because we are a collective culture. Mm. So we think wow. about serving the community in general. Um, wow. So psychotherapy is a very small group um, in, in South Africa, hence 13 art psychotherapists. That's in a whole of South Africa at the moment. This is blowing my mind. Right I, now. I, when I learned about systems theory, it like destroyed my like individualist capitalist little brain. Like there are things that affect me outside of myself. Yeah. What? <laughs> yes, there are <laughs> many, many, many things. Um, wow. It, it's weird how the, to me now that systems theory is kind of like still out there for you know, uh, uh, a lot of us who are operating on the medical model, which is like mm. something's fucked up in your brain versus maybe you have some family stuff going on, mm. but maybe that's more obvious, obvious in uh, collectivist cultures or cultures that, that trend collectivist. Mm. Yeah. And I just, how is mental illness viewed in Singapore, Alex? I mean, you know, do you guys operate from the DSM like we do so heavily in America? Mm. Well, a lot of our interventions are still structured according to that. So somebody comes in, they might be presenting with anxiety or OCD, and we create a treatment plan accordingly, right? So we look at symptoms and symptom reduction, but it isn't really necessary for them to have a clinical diagnosis to access services, which I personally think helps Right? Because sometimes the whole label or the process of going through that, um, the costs involved um, through that um, can be quite quite astronomical. Um, we also do work with a couple of kiddos who are living with autism. So they need services. They need to access services quite quickly. Right, So kind of going through the whole um, assessment process can be very expensive for therapists and for clients as well. Um, so yes, we are informed by it, but it's not a prerequisite, if that makes sense, to access services. So I know it's a little bit different in the States. Yeah, that's the, the two group practices that I work at, we don't accept insurance, but to my understanding, if you do accept insurance, you have to have a diagnosis, even if it's like a Z code. And even for couples counseling, you have to assign a diagnosis for one participant. And that's just, it makes no fucking sense at all. Yeah. South Africa is still like that. We still need to access um, our DSM and um, our Z codes as well there. Um, but Singapore is quite different because the regulation is also different for mental health. Yeah. I'm surprised that that they rely heavily on the DSM rather than ICD-10. Like um, the, that's the diagnostic codes that y'all use is from the DSM? Oh, that's interesting. Um, it, it depends. It, we, we are informed by what's going on in the DSM, right? So... Some insurance companies are okay with me saying that, and again, I'm, an, I'm a counselor, I'm not a psychologist, right? So some insurance companies saying, hey, the client reports that they might have X, Y, and Z symptoms, which correlates according to the DSM to this diagnosis, my, my treatment's informed in this way. So this is what we're doing, can I have six more sessions? And then like, yeah, sure. Um, sometimes they, they say, no, sorry, we, we wait for the annual year to pass. So insurance has, and I'm probably sure will always be a, of our existence <laughs> regardless of where we are um 
but yeah, it, it is quite different. But yeah, in South Africa, we still very much uh, focus on the ICD-10 code. And same with couples therapy as well. It has to go through through those processes as well. I feel encouraged yeah. that uh, the insurance is not a uniquely American problem. <laughs> I was going to ask, like, between Singapore and South Africa, Alex, like, which country on a whole favors mental health and mental health care more or higher like mm. between the two since you've lived in both? Well, that's a tricky question. Um, I know it's very vague. <laughs> no, but it's, it's a good, it's a good kind of point to, to reflect. Um, I suppose the, the access to services. Yeah. Um, I did a school observation in this week and I was just blown away with like people being proactive and, um, early intervention care that's taking place, which Singapore has the resources for. Um, whereas in South Africa, we don't necessarily have all that resources. So it's more like, oh gosh, we have a crisis. Now we have to fix it um, in that regard. But I, I suppose the, the stigma, cultural stigma is still in there. Um, and that impacts the favoring of, of treatment. Um, but yeah, I've had, really good success in clients seeking out early intervention year, um, which I thought was really cool. It's kind of like the work that I really enjoy doing um, as well. So yeah, I would say that both countries would favor it, but the access um, to services are varied by various things like stigma, money, finances, those kinds of stuff. I was going to actually ask about stigma and how, mental health and therapy just in general and in America what I've noticed I mean at least in our very specific part of the country in Texas is that on average um, people think that if you go to therapy <laughs> maybe not in Austin but in Texas in general if you go to therapy uh, you are con- you are seen as weak you are seen as crazy crazy you're Mm. seen as just not capable of handling your own stuff and Mm. um you know i i just i was curious to hear if if you that echoed at all and and either either country that you've lived in it does okay Mm. yeah definitely um in singapore uh people accessing services some people are very open to it. Some people have had good positive experiences. Some people had really negative experiences. Unfortunately, things like conversion therapy is still okay in Singapore. So uh, there is, it's a mixed bag. Um, and that's why when I do see my first clients, I'm like, oh yeah, if you don't like me, you can shop around, you can find our new spaces, right? It's to address that. Um, but in South Africa, that that's a little bit different in the sense that yeah, some people still see you as crazy if you go to see a mental health clinician. Um, and depends on the experience and the exposure um, and some of the cultural beliefs. So I had an individual once ask me, so would I be able to read his mind when I'm going to have sessions with him? I'm like, oh, no. And it's like, no. oh, it's not said in a joke. It's like really seriously because he equated me to um which doctor. Uh, because that's the role that I'm taking in. I'm taking a healer role, wow. right? So I had to kind of like, oh, wait, let's take a step back. Um, what I do is we talk about our stuff and we figure out together. We're partners in this. Um, and he was a little bit more of a mature gentleman. So it was just kind of checking in with that as well. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Just like, hey, there are some cultural stuff that's still involved, yeah. Um, and maybe how to, how to address that without coming across as... Um, and also him expecting me to be able to say, well, as a GP, well, this is what you're going to do. You take three tablets a day and off you go and you're going to be fine. No anxiety, Bob Shonko. Um, so it's like really having to redefine um, what, what therapy would be for him um, and working together for him with that and more in the wellness space. That's So yeah, it does, does come with its own challenges, but yeah, vast different experiences. Um, wow, you, you were literally considered a witch doctor by, by wow. That's yeah. Ian's dream. Actually. Well, <laughs> I was going to say someone, I, I told someone I was dating a long time ago that I was, that I was a therapist and he said, so are you, a, he literally said the same thing. He's like, so are you a clairvoyant? <laughs> um, and I just, I kind of thought about it and I was like, yeah, I kind of am. <laughs> um, I mean, well, I, I, clairvoyance, I mean, this is kind of, um, I mean, we, we definitely talked about this um, last week when we were talking mm-hmm. about the paranormal, but to a certain degree, I think all therapists kind of have to be clairvoyant because we we do have to pick mm-hmm. up on energy. Like, it's not just about the nonverbal oh, cues. Yeah. It's not just about the, you know, deciphering meaning and kind of what the client is telling us, like at face value. It's It's, mm-hmm. we have to kind of, really kind of join energies with our other clients. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think to a certain degree, all therapists are a little bit clairvoyant. Um, so that's really interesting that you said that the mind reading or the, the witch doctor, the shaman aspect mm-hmm. of it. Um, Attunement. Yes. Mm-hmm. I just think we get better at communicating without words, <laughs> which to like the layperson probably does seem like mind reading. Cause there's definitely been times in sessions with somebody I have enough rapport with that. I might offer like, can I guess what you're thinking? Is it this? And they're like, oh, how did you know? It's like, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> kind of just patterns, and, you know, like, yeah. well, this is a good example of, I think maybe of our, our trio, because I feel like Ian, you are like out in the stratosphere sometimes in, in a very good way. And then, Patrick, very grounded in science, and um, I, I'm middle of the road. I get a little woo-woo sometimes, but I try to find my science, scientific studies to at least justify it. So we're a good, good balance, I think. So, so I haven't been to either... Oh, and the witch doctor. Uh, I missed that. The witch doctor. You're, you're a witch, and you're a... Okay. <laughs> Come on, you, you gotta you gotta I catch these Hayden tangents early, otherwise he'll just keep spiraling. So at any oh, okay. time, okay. Uh, just just kind of like point to something vaguely, <laughs> and he will dart his. Eventually, attention. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so again, I, again, I haven't been to either Singapore or South Africa, but I can imagine that that they're pretty multicultural, right? That it's not a very like homogeneous population. So what type of, of cultural competency training do you get for such a, it seems like just anybody can walk through your door. Um, well, I wouldn't say just anybody. Um, but yeah, we, we do from a very early age now training, um, that is considered a very big point. Right. So it would be da 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 theory, theory, theory. And, this is how you're going to use it with this, this population or that population. Um, think about your clients from this ethnic group or this age group as well, because in Singapore, obviously there are a lot of different age um, differences as well. 
Um, and these people have different experiences with mental health, right? So the training in, in Singapore um, really only started out 15 years ago, um, formal training. So most people would train internationally and then come back, right? Mm. Um, so that's a big, big consideration. So it's, yeah, it's multicultural in the sense that, yes, we have to think about different cultural values, different cultural norms. And that I sometimes find myself saying, oh, wait, I present white, I'm collectivist African, right? I'm speaking to a collectivist Asian. How do I like not intrude some of my family values or my views into this, right? So sometimes it's like, oh, well, yeah, I know theory, theoretically, like this is not going to work out, but in the culture, this is a very big norm, for example. So we, I do, I do call it out in sessions like, hey, yeah, I'm the white guy yet. Tell me what you think, where you're at. Um, and just getting their cultural view as well, I think is very important. Um, and the same in South Africa, very much the same in South Africa. Um, but there's more of a, I feel like a, a bigger unit in, in South Africa at the moment where we have a bit more of an appreciation of um, privilege, right? Of recognizing privilege um, in, in therapy as well. Um, but yeah, it can be quite messy and tricky um, because some people, we just have our blinders on, right? So it's it's just really taking that slowly. Um, but yeah, you're right, right. Early on in our training, they, they really encourage us to think outside of ourselves um, a little bit more. I mean, that's, that's like one of the unspoken, just kind of tough things about being a therapist in general too, right? Is like you learn what therapy is and you learn like about these these uh, theories and approaches, but we don't really get hands-on, like this is what it looks like every time you have to connect those dots yourself. And, mm. and it really is just a learning experience. Unfortunately, you kind of have to like crawl before you walk before you run. And it like, I just think back to my internships and practicums, like, Oh, those poor people that <laughs> were stuck with me as a baby, like practicum student, not knowing what the hell I was doing, but that's really the only way to, to learn. Mm. But it sounds like that that's the approach too. I mean, in the United States, I don't know if you're keeping up with our news, but We've been all over the place this past year, but one of the common things is there's just been a, a new wave of social justice reform going through and, and tearing mm. down just systemic racism and, and shedding light on problematic areas that have been uh, huge problems. And not a lot has changed, unfortunately, but at least these conversations are happening more and more frequently. Mm. But it's also mm. hit the, the psychotherapy field, too, realizing, OK, we've we've it been has? perpetrators no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> as well <laughs> of, you know, we we're we go to white universities yeah. and have our white professors mm -hmm. tell us about how to counsel uh, multicultural populations. Mm -hmm. And we're realizing like, oh, so that's not cutting it. So <laughs> we need to actually be a little bit more informed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think to be from South Africa and to move to, uh, to move to Singapore, I think is, I mean, to me, if, if I'm trying to think of, of like an American equivalent of being from America, I'd probably, I probably feel like a fish out of water, just having just all of my like American values of what psychotherapy looks like and then having to move to a completely different country and having to soak up the culture, having to soak up what's okay versus what's not, what's not okay. And having to really take off my blinders that, that would be very challenging, I think. But I mean, you don't, you seem like you've adapted very well. I just have to say like, just being in a, such a culturally diverse place like Singapore, like, I mean, it's, I would imagine it's almost like it challenges you, but like in a positive way, I feel like mm. Alex, like mm. it, it does. It challenges you 
Like there's no opportunity for you to be complacent when it comes to keeping your blinders on. I bet. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say or? Yeah, I would say, and I, I would say it's like, yeah, I'm not the most perfect in that regard because I'm still figuring it out. And I think that's, that's, that's what you guys mentioned earlier. It's like saying, yeah, we do figure it out. Um, it's us who have to draw the lines between what practice and theory looks like. Um, but I suppose also that's just the way that I grew up and again, family of origin, how my parents kind of raised me saying like, yeah, well, we, we all are quite different and unique. And I think I find culture so bloody interesting that when I am with a client that is presenting quite differently from me, even if it's a white male that is sitting across from me, but from the UK, like there's so many similarities, but so many differences um, but just to really stop and take into consideration what's going on um, with this with this individual, and it's cool. It's like that's that's my little nerd and geek moments. Like, tell me about how you grew <laughs> yeah. up. Like, what was that like? Um, so it's, it's really just figuring that out. Um, I had a quick question about. So in the United States, I think the light the latest data was roughly like one in five. Americans struggle with uh, persistent anxiety in some form, whether it's generalized anxiety or specific phobia. Uh, did you see a huge difference in pathology or or what common ailments people came to see you with in South Africa versus Singapore? And was there a lot of difference or was it common or was it just, was anxiety the most popular over there as it is over here? Yeah, I think we all have it, right? Um, that and depression is quite high um, globally. Um, I'm seeing, well, that's actually something that I do specialize in is anxiety and like all that good stuff that's going around it as well. Um, but I suppose it's, it's different. And I love how you just like open that sentence. like, Oh, the stats say this. And I'm like, Oh, I wish he does like, that. that <laughs> I, I could like, he's working on his PhD um, and it's very obvious. Numbers are my only friends. Numbers are only, um, the thing with research, <laughs> yeah, is yeah we can't publish stuff as widely, um, especially in art psychotherapy because it's such a niche group um, and it's such a small island. So if we do publish stuff, we get those stats out. We might even inevitably give away our client's identity. So I can't give stats, but what I'm noticing here is um, uh, a marked difference, Um, maybe even just with like navigating what anxiety is. So in South Africa, we would have a lot of the unhelpful um, coping strategies that's been given in down generationally so that's like the substance misuse and alcohol those kinds of stuff whereas yeah i'm feeling there's a little bit more of suppression sometimes or sometimes just not a lot of psychoeducation on yeah if your body is telling you that you're tense you're allowed to kind of like say time out right so i'm doing a lot more somatic work in 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 singapore versus in south africa um so yeah i see i see a bit of a difference in how it presents um, but I suppose that's also similar with different clients. They would have different presentations of something quite similar. Um, but yeah, anxiety and depression quite high, yeah. Um, and often left too late. Yeah, I visited Asia for about eight weeks and I abused a lot of alcohol while I was there. So am I under the assumption that everyone there is just drinking 24 seven or was that just me? <laughs> Well, hey, alcohol yeah, is so expensive. So, well done you. <laughs> um, <laughs> like my unhelpful coping strategies come at a very high price. Yeah, <laughs> does it? Um, okay. 
I was in Thailand and Malaysia, which I know are your your neighbors to the north. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's a little bit more affordable so there. Kind of um, no, it, it's not just you. Um, I suppose that's <laughs> all of us. Um, <laughs> Like, uh, a lot of Chang, a lot of uh, Thai whiskey. Mm. That's what I was going to ask. What what Tiger beer? What are people? Yeah, drinking? Tiger beer. What what are people drinking? Like, what are common drinks or cocktails? Finally, we get into the real <laughs> context the real, of the this episode. Of We've just been talking nonsense for forty five minutes. <laughs> What's this pish posh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are they drinking over there? Yeah, what's the good stuff? Um, I'm partial. I'm a South African, right? So I'm going to be a wine boy from the day I'm mm. born straight through. Um, but there's a lot of good gins. There's a lot of good um, spiritual, but the sake and kind of some of the always wonderful good stuff um, that I stay away from because uh, my little body can't handle that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you say, no, you're poison. Um, but yeah, there's a very big, um, big, the culture around kind of like really appreciating and it's smaller drinks sometimes not as big um as we had back home so i'm seeing that as a difference um just generally in, in the alcohol consumption so it's smaller quantities um and yeah and some people do get the asian flesh or the red flesh um i might be saying that wrong um but yeah it's just like that response of mm-hmm. physiological response to alcohol so it's not as commonly used yeah like sometimes i would go out with some of my mates and some people would just like be on like liquids and some people will have strong alcohol and some people will have wine with me. So it's quite nice. And I suppose that's the same um, globally, but yeah, in South Africa, we have a very big beer craft beer um, uh, protocol that's going on, which I'm kind of behind as well. So very nice. <laughs> what about you guys? What, what's some of the drinks I've been hearing really creative alcohol consumption. The curry outside. margarita. Mm. <laughs> This is my love language, by the way. So you, uh, you're, if you've been listening, you might know that one of my favorite questions is like, what's everyone drinking? As far as creative cocktails, uh, I think Austin might actually be the birthplace of what, what we call the Mexican martini, which is essentially mm. just a uh, melted margarita, but with like a splash of olives and maybe a few olives in it. But it is fantastic. I would say that's probably my, my favorite casual yeah. cocktail and most places limit you to two it's kind of one of those yeah they're they're not cool about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of texans drink beer as well um beer we're, and whiskey. we're a huge beer yeah, and whiskey, yeah. Beer and whiskey mm. state um i i'm part, my favorite go-to drink anywhere i go probably anywhere in the world is a margarita i wa- i will probably go to singapore and ask for margarita and probably be looked at like i'm i'm like I need help. Um, <laughs> no, no, you'll be you'll be acknowledged, and you'll get a good margarita. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, then I'm going to Singapore. Okay. Let's do it. Wait, but are they tequila margaritas or are they vodka margaritas? Both. In both. You mix together? That's wild. Oh, <laughs> that's a, that's, oh I don't know Texas about the mix tea. thing. <laughs> we actually have a, a very vibrant uh, wine community here in Central Texas. Ooh. A little bit outside of Austin, uh, about forty-five minutes, you start getting into into wine country, mm-hmm. and I Ooh. I don't know if it's as uh, proliferant or or uh, um, as SAT word proliferant mm-hmm. as uh, South African wine, but it's uh, it does the does the trick for us. At least for oh. me, I'll speak for myself. 
Well, then yeah, I'll just Alex, have to come visit sometime soon. I was gonna say, like you, you, I think you'd like Austin a lot. I mean, obviously, a wine exchange. We should do a wine exchange mm. when it's a safer idea. Like my my fiance and I would love to host you, like show you around Austin. All of us can go do things, and yeah, like I, I would love to do that. Actually, what's the midpoint? The Dublin. Midpoint. <laughs> meet in yes. Dublin. That'd be that would be good. Let's meet in Dublin. To pitch. Let's start like a YouTube series where it's just like instead of wife swap, it's like therapist swap. So we go take over your practice. You come see our clients at our practice. We don't tell the clients about it. So it's just this big reveal, right? That's I, a, that's ethical. Right? I do have one therapy related question. <laughs> if that's all right with y'all, someone got us off track. I can, I can 80% guarantee you it's not therapy related. It's therapy just... related. <laughs> It is off script, and, and when I go off script, they get a little... Uh, oh, God. They get nervous. I'm seeing shaking. I, <laughs> I am genuinely curious because it, uh, it has been a, uh, a trend recently here to... And, and I do this myself. I started incorporating some techniques and, and meditations and some of the psychology that is more Easternly oriented from Buddhism and, and uh, some of this... Uh, wonderful stuff that has been around for thousands of years yeah. in the East. And it has sort of been relatively recently validated by our Western PhDs. And so it's, it's, it's caught on here. And, you know, there, there's a part of me that monitors this as like, is this sort of the fad? Is this the newest thing? And then there's a part of me that is really observing this as, as really um, uh, transformative in my own life and in my, and in my clients. And, and I would just be curious to know, and you mentioned doing some more somatic work in, um, in Singapore versus South Africa and, and my sense when I start introducing some of these somatic concepts here, um, a, a lot of my clients are like, what the hell is this? Uh, and it's and in a very pleasant way uh, um, once I walk them through a few things. But I'm just curious, is that, uh, do, you, do you sense that that is a, uh, a bigger influence in your work in, in mm-hmm. Singapore versus South Africa? Or, or can you give me even just a, a little bit of the, the pulse of, um, sort of the the more uh, mind body intervention. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I was about to say something dumb. I'm sure <laughs> I couldn't find the word. And you just and we finish each other's sandwiches interventions. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, that's a oh, that's a good question. Um, I haven't really thought about it in that way. Um, and I realize you've never been to uh, Austin, Texas. <laughs> Uh, which, which is actually fairly, I would say, cutting edge as far as that sort of thing. But, you know, if you mm. turned out to some of these other places, be very much cognitive behavioral. Yeah, yeah. Well, Why is everyone looking shocked that I asked a <laughs> thought-provoking, intelligent we're taking question? We just, we're processing. <laughs> we are, I was going to say, we're, we're taking it all in. Because Singapore probably favors a lot of more of like the complementary and alternative treatments. Um, there is, that are there is a move towards that. Mind body medicine. Yeah. yeah, there's there's move towards that, and even South Africa, right? So that's my previous registration um, was in the Allied Health. Um, I suppose I, I dance that delicate dance with with some of that more con- complementary forms of treatment. Um, but yeah, just to answer your question, I think 
when I do ask a client, like, oh, yeah, we were presenting with anxiety. This is kind of like our thoughts, our emotions, our behaviors, the CBT model. That's kind of what we go through. Might do some artwork with them. Um, but then when I do ask them about their self-care regime, I would like often ask them, oh, do you have any form of meditation or mindfulness? And then often the answer would be yes. Um, and often the answer would be like, I practice this daily. And then we could really then not only just teach it as a skill, because that's already a pretty learned thing we can just expand a little bit more so i feel like i'm adding more mindfulness on top of kind of some of the the already existing stuff there um and really like fine-tuning that with the client Um, so that's a very much strength-based approach like oh you already have this let's just put some bells and whistles on it and see how how we can add some value to it um and i suppose just being also not psychotherapist i have a lot of the mind-body kind of work already naturally so i suppose that's why i'm doing a little bit more in in singapore now as well yeah amazing well we we god you said you were kind of nerding out when you asked people about you know like their background how they grew up i nerded out so hard today alex and i just i loved having this space with you and seriously thank you so much for coming on for for just trusting the shit show that is this podcast and um do we have time for eight more questions no, no. okay we darn. Got time for I, I, one final I love this thank you so much yes like seriously thank you what's your uh, we we like to close out each episode with our guest and we'll, we'll start with you alex what what's your final takeaway from sitting with us this whole episode recording like what's mm. yeah well, what sits with you the most Oh, I suppose I'm going to go back to my nerd out, my geek out. Like, it's so validating just to see other people in similar, like, career paths and professions um, and doing the good work that we are doing, like, figuring it out and not always knowing what we're doing. Um, but we have good supervisors, good colleagues, um, and we can have a chat about that with alcohol, um, which is wonderful, I suppose, <laughs> right? Not just at like the same time, be... necessarily. If, not if you're across the, the world time. in a different time zone <laughs> yeah i mean ethics and all that good stuff um but yeah it's just it's nice to see how yeah although we're in different spaces we are going through something that's quite big like the whole current thing but at the same token how yeah we all kind of bring out a little piece of us our authentic selves to the room um and that that's just so beautiful that it can happen anywhere in the world right so that's quite wonderful to kind of see that Amazing. Yeah, I I will just kind of spiral off of that, honestly. I mean, it just, it's so incredibly validating to know that someone in Singapore is going through 95% of the same struggles that we're going through in America of, of being in mental health during a worldwide pandemic. It, it's, it's like it lifts the amount of isolation that I think all of us are feeling right now. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I, yeah, I'm feeling just more, more heard, more seen just after even just recording this with you, Alex. So really thank you for, yeah. Thanks for, for just your input today. What about you boys? Straights. Wake up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ian has uh, graciously offered to pay your full fee for this hour. So that that's uh, really cool of him. <laughs> Fine by me. <laughs> uh, I love this. I, I love, you know, part of our mission statement for this podcast is to demystify 
the field of mental health. And uh, what a better way to do that as to expose what it looks like and shine the spotlight of what it looks like just around the world. Because we're very isolated and, and Americans, we have our own drama and idiosyncrasies. But it's, it's nice like hearing, uh, being able to have the space to compare and contrast. You know, this is what we're able to share with others in the field. And this is maybe what we're doing wrong. I don't know. This is what other people are doing, right? This is, uh, it's just really fun. Like, it's really, like you said, it's validating to know that there's other people doing the same work in a different setting. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel like you're a part of something greater. greater. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Weird. My takeaway was that we're meeting in Dublin for Patty's day, 2022. Okay. Happening. Or I don't know. Can we swing it? It's, Five days from now. If we, we record in if we record in Dublin, we can all write this off, right? That's, that's true. That's very oh, true. Oh, okay. I, I really uh, Alex, it was so great to meet you. I um appreciate kind of uh the, this dual perspective you bring, being from one place and, and practicing in a in a very different place. And uh I, I have more questions now than I did when you arrived. And I, I think that's a good thing. You've really uh, sparked my curiosity and I think it really reignited um, uh, something in me around just a lot of the things that we, we take for granted here. So uh, I really appreciate you being here. Oh, Alex, guys. where can we, f- where can we find you? Well, in Singapore, uh, I suppose, but <laughs> online um so i'm practicing with thrive family so you can just visit us at www.thrivefamily.sg um and i've got a beautiful 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 bunch of colleagues so if you like me i've got a couple of other people that are practicing and doing beautiful work um, in singapore and really promoting mental health and mental well-being um and in south africa i've got my practice running there still at um, creativecounselingcenter.co.za what what's your Instagram name if you want people to follow you there? Um, what is my Instagram name? That's going to be in the show notes. Um, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, at Creative cool. Counseling Center. Okay. Yep. Cool. Thank you so much, Alex. We'll we'll let you get on with your Saturday, and thank we'll you. get on with Have our Friday, with our guys. Friday night. Um. Yeah. Thank you so much. Right. This. Yeah. I, I'm I'm humbled to just have you here and and yeah Likewise. thank you for thank gracing you us for with your me. presence of course alrighty see hope you enjoyed you. that uh that non-virgin mimosa oh it was good it was good, good. ready for my All day right. <laughs> <laughs> cool alrighty Thanks, you have a beautiful day okay thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing to get in touch with any of us, whether you want to have conversations about therapy or whether you are in Texas and want to become one of our clients, please see the show notes where you can find the best ways to reach us. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you are enjoying the show. We will be back in two weeks. Thanks so much for listening.